0: Our scripture this morning comes out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And this is called uh, the Great Commission. It is Jesus' final words to his disciples as they gather and they watch him ascend and return back to heaven. And so here are these words from Matthew chapter 28. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Last week, I talked about moving forward, um, that we can't go back, that we need to uh, continue to follow the Spirit as we are led forward, maybe through a wilderness, through some disorienting events and things that are happening around us. And we continue to seek and follow Jesus. In the next several weeks, I'm hoping to remind us about who we are as followers of Jesus who worship, minister, and serve as part of the the Spring Creek Church of the Brethren family. Who we are and what we're about. Here at Spring Creek, we are part of the big church. We are part of uh, the people who profess the lordship of Jesus Christ. We believe in his atoning death, in conquering of sin and death. And we believe in the eventual culmination of all things being renewed and made right in Christ. This is part of what it means to be part of the big global church. We believe in the authority of scripture for faith and practice. We believe the church are those called out ones. The the Greek word is ekklesia, who are called to bear witness to the kingdom of heaven. And within the big church, which includes a a long, complicated family tree, we draw our specific faith heritage from Anabaptists and Pietists. Historically speaking, we we draw our family tree through the radical reformers, through uh, Alexander Mack and and the early brethren, and into the United States by way of Germantown and the Wissahickon Creek uh, outside of Philadelphia. As Spring Creek, we are connected to other brethren uh, through our shared expressions of faith, our, our, a shared emphasis of faith, through mutual support networks such as our denomination and annual conference when it actually happens. Um, our district, we're connected to other brothers and sisters in our district. We're also connected to one another through shared um, events through shared efforts such as the disaster relief networks uh, whether that's disaster relief trips or the da- disaster relief auction through other organizations especially like Kobes and uh, brother and housing association and some of those shared uh, opportunities for ministry <clears throat> but we're also connected to other Hershey congregations, through the ministerium and through some of the, the shared local work that we're involved with, with Love, Inc., and, and the food bank, Friends Who Furnish, and some of the other uh, local ministries that we're a part of, supporting local brothers and sisters and, and networks of followers of Jesus within this community. And so we have folks that are part of Spring Creek who have been raised in the tradition and the heritage of being brethren, and we have lots of other folks who don't necessarily know that tradition, aren't real familiar with it. They've come through other uh, traditions in, in the Christian faith, and some have come to Spring Creek not tied in with any specific church tradition. You know, a number of months ago, it seems like um, an entire lifetime ago sometimes, we engaged in a visioning process here at Spring Creek. And, you know, a lot has happened since then, a lot that had nothing to do with our visioning process, uh, a lot that we could never have envisioned uh, going through that process. And so our planning and our dreaming has, in some ways, taken a back seat to. Frankly, figuring out what's next. And so over the next couple of weeks, I'm hoping just to remind us about who we are and what we're about as we start to follow God's spirit through the wilderness and uh, find God's path for us moving forward. So as we take a deeper look at this, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you for this family of faith. God, it's been hard in the last several months to see one another, maybe only through screens or uh, just at a distance, maybe with faces half covered. And yet we thank you for this family of faith that we're a part of, that you've called us to. And I pray that in this time that you would refresh us, that you would ignite once again our passion for you, for serving you, for loving those around us. God, I pray that you would challenge us this morning, that you would speak through me or despite me. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things as I've been kind of looking at this, this series of growing, sharing, serving, connected by Jesus, is just how much this current vision, this, this current statement of values is in continuity with who we have been as the Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. You know, last year when we looked at our vision and values, this is kind of what we discerned as the the core values of who we are. And over the last months, uh, COVID has kind of taken precedence. uh, And yet we are called to this vision, I believe, of growing, sharing, serving, connected by Jesus. As I was getting ready for this series, I uh, took another look at a History of the Spring Creek Church of the Brethren, written by uh, Jack Bridenstine. And what, caught, what was curious to me was a, an old uh, vision statement that at least was written in 1987, maybe before that. I'm not entirely sure when this was uh, put together. But I want you to hear the statement from, from then. We, the body of Christ at Spring Creek, purpose to glorify God as we nurture our members, offering direction and inspiration to guide them to maturity in Christ, serve as God's instrument in ministering to the spiritual and physical needs of the people of our fellowship, community, and world, and encourage persons to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, this statement from 1987, 1988, maybe a little bit earlier, is certainly a little longer and wordier than growing, sharing, serving, connected by Jesus. But I want you to notice that the heart remains the same. Listen again. Nurture our members, offering direction and inspiration to guide them to maturity in Christ. This is what we mean now by growing. Second part of that, serve as God's instrument in ministering to the spiritual and physical needs of the people of our fellowship, community, and world. This is what we mean now by sharing and serving. And the last part of that statement from uh, the late 80s, encourage persons to commit their lives to Jesus Christ. This is what we mean by connected By Jesus. And so the ways that we minister may have changed. I doubt that anyone in 1987 pictured that we would be worshiping as we are now, uh, sitting at home watching computer and, and television screens or phone screens. I doubt anyone had any idea that that might be on the horizon. But our purpose. Who we are remains the same. We are in continuity with who we were and who we are. And I pray who we are becoming. So this morning we're going to just focus on this first part, growing. And, and maybe a little bit further, uh, we are growing in faith. We believe that discipleship and, and faith formation is Crucial to who we are called to be as the church. Being conformed to the image of Christ. That's taken out of Romans 8.29. We believe that a lifetime committed to growing and, and learning about what it means to follow Jesus. To believe the right things, but also to live that out in everyday life. Some of our forebears, the people that came before us that have kind of paved the way for who we are and and what we're doing here at Spring Creek used the phrase counting the cost. It meant uh, recognizing that to follow Jesus means laying some things aside in order to commit wholeheartedly to following Jesus. For the early church, for the radical reformers, and for us now. Following Jesus is a lifelong commitment and a process of being molded to look more and more like Jesus. Dallas Willard, who talked about spiritual formation, called it long obedience in the same direction. It means submitting our entire life To the lordship of Christ. This is what we mean by discipleship. It means our private life, our family life, our finances, our business, our occupation, our public life are all committed to following Jesus. And in each of these spheres of life, we are called to live out what it means to follow Jesus. Part of that process of discipleship may begin with something that we often call conversion, which means reorienting one's life towards Jesus. It might mean repentance. Well, it definitely means repentance. And repentance means turning in the opposite direction. It means reorienting our lives towards Jesus, not towards self-centeredness, not towards... Um, what culture might say is uh, of value, but of finding our value, of orienting our lives towards the lordship of Jesus. It's a commitment to a lifetime. The radical reformers who, you know, Anabaptists, Pietists, some that we kind of draw our spiritual heritage from, often met in small group Bible studies in homes. They believed in gathering around the word of reading it, of interpreting it, and figuring out how to live it out together. In fact, the home was the place for faith development. Buildings, meeting houses, uh, things like that only kind of came around later, uh, often when they had moved to um, the United States they were given a little bit more freedom and they started to build uh, places where they could have love feast together, which was a way of enacting and physically following the example of Jesus. And so some of the early brethren and and Anabaptist uh, groups were some of the first to have kitchens as a part of their space of worship and and their meeting houses. Because eating together, being together, and reenacting the love feast of washing one another's feet as a tangible remembrance of Jesus' service, of sharing the bread and the cup together— and, you know, for, for some of our forebears, those that, that we draw our tradition from, Love Feast wasn't just a, you know, Sunday night thing that they gathered for that took a little bit of time, a couple hours to put together. It was often over the space of a, an entire weekend, and they would spend time traveling uh, to be with one another. One of the congregations uh, that Katie and I were a part of that, that was part of the, the Brethren tradition, They had spaces that they used in their meeting house uh, for the men to sleep and the, the women to sleep. The women would sleep in the basement and the men would sleep in the attic and they would come and they would spend the entire weekend having love feast and worshiping and fellowshipping with one another. In fact, they needed more space at one point that they actually cut part of the trusses away in the attic because the men needed more space to sleep which may have worked fine for them when they originally did that, but if you moved forward 50 years and a little bit of an addition later, uh, at one point the ceiling was actually collapsing because they had cut away these trusses. So, um, you know, I'm all about us having a a big group uh, to celebrate Love Feast. We'll be outside in a couple of weeks, uh, and we won't have to damage the building in any way to uh, facilitate that Love Feast. But one of the things that that story, you know, it's, it's funny, uh, but it has emphasized for me the way that they were committed to one another and to following this example of Jesus. Development of growing in faith, the way that we disciple one another, has changed throughout the years. Like I said, the the early uh, radical reformers met in homes and had home Bible study. One of the big changes that the old brethren kind of wrestled with and, and uh, innovated with was moving to Sunday school. I know for us today that kind of sounds really silly that Sunday school would be a big issue. But you know, for the brethren in the 1880s, that was a, a big deal to begin to move towards having Sunday school for Christian education. Bible studies in homes have remained a fixture, welcoming the the insights not just of the the well-educated, but of all who gather around the Word to discern the Spirit. Some of the other developments that we've had over the years in the way we disciple one another is uh, having children and youth ministry that specifically help to disciple uh, our young people in age-appropriate ways age-appropriate training and experiences of faith. I was trying to think of some of the other ways that we are intentional about discipling one another. We do that through our inquirer's classes that kind of introduce people to what it means to follow Jesus and basics of the Bible and, and Jesus and some of our church history and some of the specifics of how we live that out here at Spring Creek. Like I said, there's been a development of how we disciple one another. And so I wonder, maybe what's next? What's on the horizon as we're following the Spirit through this wilderness? Maybe where is God leading us in the future? And again, I was going back to our church history, and I want you to hear these words that Jack Bridenstine wrote in 1988. He writes, undeniably, the Sunday school movement has served the church well, but we live in a changing world. And I thought, man, if you thought you lived in a changing world in 1988, uh, we had no idea what was coming in 2020. He writes, perhaps 100 years after the beginning of Sunday school, At Spring Creek, another no less innovative approach for nurturing the people of God is beckoning to be discovered. So I I wonder what's on the horizon as we continue growing in our faith. I think our method of discipleship is shifting in the church. Discipleship in, in the modern Enlightenment era, you know, from <clears throat> roughly, I don't know, 300 AD to uh, certainly through the, the Protestant Reformation and uh, probably till the 1950s is this period kind of loosely called the Enlightenment era. And what we, what we focused on in that time was Uh, teaching orthodoxy, teaching, believing the right things about God. And so education was uh, an incredibly important part of that, learning the right things about who God is, who Jesus is. Now, education, learning about Jesus, still plays a critical role in discipleship. But our education, our learning with one another, comes amidst a very different culture a very diverse marketplace of religions and philosophies and our process of discipleship the way we eh, often encouraged one another to grow in our relationship with Jesus was often we first started by teaching what the right way to believe is and then we kind of focused on the way we behave And lastly, we could belong to the community. When we believed the right thing, when we acted in the right way, then we were a part of the community of faith. Believe, behave, belong. But now these often come in different ways. We might belong to a community of faith. We might uh, associate with them and and hang out with people that that happened to meet at Spring Creek. And then along the way, we start to behave or we might start to uh, learn to believe. It comes in very different ways. Some behave or they have an appreciation for the ethics of Jesus. And they gradually start to really learn who Jesus is and what it means to follow Jesus as Lord. Learning about Jesus is still important. But discipleship also involves experiencing life and seeing faith lived out by those around us. And so I wonder, what methods will we use as we continue to help one another grow in faith? Maybe an emphasis on small groups that meet outside the church. That's always been a part of who we are. Maybe there's ways of connecting with one another for shared fellowship, for support, for study of Scripture and living life together that are different. Certainly we've had to kind of experiment with some of those and try and figure out some new ways of helping one another grow during this time. Maybe we'll borrow some of the ways of living as disciples from the early church or from the radical reformers. We are committed to following Jesus together. We are committed to growing in faith. One of the ways that we also are committed to growing, sharing, and serving is through some of the ministries of our denomination. And so this morning we're going to also be receiving our mission offering And I wanted to share with you a little bit of what that mission offering goes to help support. And so we're going to watch this uh, about four-minute clip of a video to see some of the ministries that are helped Uh, by your support for the mission offering. If you want to see more of what is uh, involved in the mission offering, I invite you to go to our denomination's website, which is brethren.org, and you can see the full eight-minute version of this video and see some of the other ways that your offerings and the mission offering go to support and build the church around the world. Let's watch together. You know, it's always been surprising to me whenever I read uh, this Great Commission, how much responsibility Jesus places on his followers. He says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, to, to Jesus. And then he says, now you, my followers, the church that will learn from you, you go make disciples, teaching them to obey. In other words, walk the walk, growing, connected to and by Jesus. Spring Creek, this is who we have been, this is who we are, and this is what we need to be about. We have not arrived. We are always in process. May we continue to help one another grow in the knowledge and obedience to Jesus the Christ. Have a great week, Spring Creek.